At U.S. Bank, when we say we're in it with you, we mean it. Not just for the good stuff, the grand openings and celebrations, although those are pretty great, but for all the hard work it took to get there. The fine-tuning of goals, the managing of cash and workflows, and decision-making. We're in to help you through all of it. Because together, we're proving day in and day out that there is nothing as powerful as the power of us. Visit usbank.com to get started today. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC. Copyright 2024. U.S. Bank. Electricity. A big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people want to make friends? I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate, teach, put it in context. Call me, 1-800-743-CNBC, or tweet me, at Jim Kramer. Something for everyone. That's how I felt after I saw the remarkable non-farm payroll report this morning, where we created 4.8 million jobs. And that is much stronger than expected. Almost every single sector improved, bringing the unemployment rate down to 11.1. Isn't that the kind of news that makes people want to buy pretty much Anything? I mean, that's how I felt in the morning. Then, of course, the rally did taper off near the end of the day ahead of the holiday. Dow ultimately gaining, though, just 92 points. It was up much more. S&P advancing 0.45%. NASDAQ climbing 0.52%. Those are big numbers, but we got spoiled, didn't we? So uh, what do these numbers mean? What reflects the state of the labor market in the middle of June? What is it? How does it impact your money? Well, first, you need to understand that we're still nowhere near where we were before the pandemic struck. We still have a lot of ground to make up. The economy was smoking hot. I go, however, think I do. I do think it's a legitimate comeback. I'm not going to throw any cold water. I heard that today. It's a legitimate comeback. And a comeback gives you more latitude to buy stocks that depend on a healthy economy, not just an unhealthy one. But obviously, these numbers are from before the latest outbreak. That's forcing many stocks to go back into lockdown mode. So it's more of a glimpse into a post-COVID future that we haven't yet arrived at. Really, though, this was a session that gave everyone, everyone with the exception of those utility lovers, some ammunition. You believe we're having a V-shaped recovery? All right, labor report's pretty good proof. You think it's more of a prolonged U-shaped recovery? Last week's not-so-hot jobless claims mean there's still plenty to worry about. And if you're terrified of the pandemic, you only need one look at the skyrocketing case numbers to convince yourself, yes, indeed, to buy, buy, buy the Kramer COVID-19 stocks, which I keep in front of you all the time. As for me, this is uh, this number is why I keep recommending a barbell approach. That's what we're doing with my travel trust. We have some exposure to the stay-at-home stocks in the case the pandemic continues growing like crazy. But we also have got some industrials in case the recovery keeps rolling along, along with some recession stocks in case everything goes wrong. How is it possible that we could create so many jobs last month? Simple. The shutdown was temporary. Once it ended, millions of people could go back to work. 
Meanwhile, the Federal Reserve and the Treasury Department, they've been over backwards and correctly, by the way, to ensure that companies large and small wouldn't go under and consumers would still have some purchasing power. $1,200 your pocket and $600 extra for the claims. From the perspective of two weeks ago, that plan clearly worked. The reopening was going great. In fact, you could argue it was too great. So many people were going out that it triggered a second wave of infections. Still, I'd rather go into a second wave with 11% unemployment than with 13 Now, obviously, small and medium-sized businesses are still being crushed. They'll struggle here thanks to the need to maintain social distancing, which we must. A restaurant whose maximum occupancy has been cut in half simply can't make as much money. And I know you people don't want to wear the mask. But you know what? Texas just made it so you had to. At the end of the day, we don't trade the kind of small businesses that are struggling here. It's not what's underneath me when you look at that crawl. We trade the large companies that got bailed out by the Fed and in many cases by the Treasury Department. And those two entities are doing it well. If there's another lockdown and given these horrifying numbers from the South and the Southwest, that's a real possibility, then we know what happens. You can be looking at a shutdown of restaurants, entertainment, travel, hospitality. There are sectors that were making a comeback that will be crushed. Remember, this is a huge outbreak in some big states, California, Texas, Florida, Arizona. Altogether, they make up roughly a third of our population. The numbers are horrifying, hence the strength of the Kramer COVID-19 index. Uh, So there's something for everybody. But remember, there's nothing to be gleeful about, which brings us to next week's game plan. Now, there's not a lot of stock news Monday, but we know the news will be dominated by the new COVID numbers from the weekend. Every morning I listen to Dr. Scott Gottlieb. What a treasure he is. He's the former FDA chief when he comes on Squawk, and he's been painting, oh, man, you can go on Twitter if you missed him tonight, a really grim picture of an out-of-control virus that will cause many of us to rethink our plans and sit tight at home. Now, i got to tell you, given this new outbreak, a lot of things are going to be canceled. I think it's become nuts that these sports organizations are all acting like they have games. Wishful thinking. Look, I've said it since the Super Bowl, and I'll say it again. COVID-19 is a brutal disease because it's so contagious that you don't want to go near anyone who might have it, whether you're indoors or out. And that's especially true if they're singing or screaming, which makes my screech out version of fly, eagles fly, seem like a real bad idea right now. I still feel that people just aren't taking this whole thing seriously enough. I am and have become a, what I would say, a nuisance advocate of masks. I'm just relentless. And I've been hectored mercilessly on Twitter for being so hectored to the point that I finally broke down and said, all right, tell me what you hate. Just give me a list right on my Twitter at Jimmy Chill. Actually, at Jim Kramer. Let me know. Let's see if we can't do something. Let's make a better mask. So what happens Monday? We, we tally the big weekend's cases, the hospitalization, casualties. The higher they are, the more likely the COVID index will keep climbing. Uh, even if you think that most of the valuations are already pretty stretched, as a lot of people on Wall Street do, it could be enough to leave the averages higher. Plus, I, let's not forget what Larry Williams, the legendary chartist, told us recently. He said there's almost always a July 4th rally that lasts for a day or two after the holiday, too. He nailed this thing better than anyone I've ever seen. If the COVID numbers are bad, expect stay-at-home stocks to lead us higher. If the COVID numbers are surprisingly good, Maybe the recovery plates take us up. Hey, if it's really bad, I had Lawrence Kirstie's on this morning from uh, McCormick. Hey, maybe take some of that. On Tuesday, we get some important results from Paychex and Levi Strauss. Paychex is a payroll processor that caters to small and medium-sized businesses. Given today's job numbers, I expect maybe they'll do a little bit better than expectations. As for Levi's, they're moving hard into digital and personalization. Stock's still down a great deal. Who needs pants if you can't go outside? But it's not expensive by any stretch of the imagination. It's a vaccine stock, probably. People, I do. I, we have people on camera. People say, hey, that person's not wearing anything underneath. 
whatever. Bad, bad, bad for me on reports on Wednesday. This is a Mark Tritton quarter. He's the new CEO installed by insurgent activist investors, and he's had his hands full since he's taken over, given that so much of Bed Bath is, let's call it non-essential. Tritton needs to give us a plan. I bet he delivers and will like it. But remember, this is very much an uphill battle right now. Thank heaven they have some cash. Thursday could be a house of pain. I mean, really. It's Walgreens again. These guys truly are the gang that couldn't shoot straight. I think they'll offer us the usual number of uh, cuts, you know, the forecast bid. Once again, we'll conclude that there's no room for Walgreens in a world where Amazon is king. Back in my hedge fund, I th- in my hedge fund, you know what we would have done? We've been shorting the stock. But, you know, this market's so full of optimism, I would not chance that right now. Finally, Friday, we get to produce a price index. Listen to this. I'm wondering if we're going to start worrying that we did print $2 trillion worth of money to get what's happening, to keep the economy afloat. Business interruption is insurance. Honestly, though, the inflation talks have been wrong year after year after year. I, maybe they're going to be wrong again. Bottom line, nothing seems to matter anymore except which stocks to buy. Penny stocks, crazy stocks, blue chips, dividends, cruise ships. Uh, you know what? It's staggering when you consider that we still do have 11% unemployment and a totally out of control epidemic. What can I say? The stock market is not a proxy for the economy. It's a proxy for big business. Big business is bouncing back and bouncing back with a vengeance. Let's go to Greg in New York. Greg. Hey, Jim, what's up? Well, you know, uh, I'm just enjoying investor. the NASDAQ rally. What's up? Hey, I'm a new investor. Um, a few months, I'm doing really well. And I'm looking to keep my momentum going. Uh, I have a stock called Maxar Technologies. Right. part of the aerospace and defense industry. Yeah, well, you know, you're... Yeah, that's that's a speculative stock, but you're a young fella. Um, satellite communications is very, very difficult because um, it's not necessarily, I mean, this is the problem with uh, serious satellites. It's people are, um, they, they don't think it's reliable enough. But you know what? That's a good spec. I, I, you know, we, and we should do more on Maxar. It's had, a, it's had a nice little run here. David in New York. David. Hey, Jim. I uh, wanted to ask you about Coca-Cola. Well, um, the pro- it's, you know, look, James is do- James Quincy is doing a great job, but it's a convenience store play and people aren't driving. Uh, it is in many ways no longer the growth stock it used to be, uh, but it does yield 3.6 percent. And for income, why own a bond when you can own that with a common stock growth kicker? Rick in Florida, Rick. Jim, happy 4th of July to you, your family, and your uh, amazing efficient staff. Happy Independence Day to you. Thank you. My question is on First Horizon. I've owned it for a while. I did my homework before I bought it. I know you've mentioned it a couple times on the show. They completed the merger yesterday. Uh, the stock's just unresponsive. I was hoping you could give me some money. Rick, i got to tell you, I, this is just baffling. 6.4% yield, down 44%. Brian Jordan, a great banker, best area in terms of business in the country. I don't like banks, but it's hard to deny that First Horizon isn't going to be a good good investment. Let's go to John in Washington. John. Booyah, Jimmy Chill. Yo. Um, Jim, last week you had mentioned Albertson's new IPO, and you said it wouldn't be a bad idea to get in under 24 25 bucks. Right. Um, has your opinion changed? No, no. I think it's good. Look, I mean, they liked Lemonade today, and I get that. Uh, they like Royalty Farm, but then they've cooled to that. I like that. I think they priced Albertson's very inexpensively. But remember, I like IPOs that you can get in on. We have all these hot IPOs, and you say, hey, why didn't you go buy that? Well, you can't get in on it. Albertsons I like because you can. All right. There is something 
for everyone after that employment number this morning. It is pretty staggering and staggeringly bullish. Oh, man, buddy, tonight, at, at a time when people are heading to the store less, shelf life extending technology more important than ever? Yes. I'm talking to a private player leading the charge. And it earns the company's a spot on the CMC disruptor list. Then biotech stocks tied to coronavirus vaccine development, they've been soaring. But are any worthwhile investments? I'm going to give you my take. And what can Accenture's recent quarter tell us about tech spending and Accenture itself? I'm going to give you my view, so stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. This is not Armageddon. It's a painful time to own stocks, but it won't always be. I'm opening up the phone lines, taking all your questions. I just want to thank you for keeping us sane through all the turbulent times and reminding us to never panic. Thanks for everything that you do. And You're thanks trying. for talking me down off the ledge more than once. I don't know when the averages will bottom, but eventually there'll be bargains. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visited visibility at indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Two weeks ago, CNBC rolled out its eighth annual Disruptor 50 list. It's a compendium of the most innovative startups on Earth that are shaking up entire industries. These are often revolutionary companies that make their shareholders a lot of money when they eventually come public. Look at Lemonade, number 17 in this year's list, roaring after its IPO yesterday. Probably didn't pay attention to it. There was money to be made. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Tonight, I want to check in with number 34 on the Disruptor 50 list. It's appeal sciences. You may remember them. They take left-behind plant materials like leaves or peels and blends. They bake them into a kind of shield that you spray on fruits and vegetables, it keeps them from going bad. Double the shelf life of this stuff without refrigeration. Imagine how much waste this saves. Now that COVID-19 has shown just how precarious our nation's food supply is, I think Appeal's got a bright future. No wonder they were able to raise $250 million last month at a billion-plus valuation. But don't take it from me. Let's dig deeper with James Rogers, the founder and CEO of Appeal Sciences, learn more about his company and where it's headed. Mr. Rogers, welcome back to Mad Money. Yeah, good to be here. 
All right, so Jim, last time we saw you, everything was pretty smooth. We just You go to the supermarket, there's food there, and Appeal does something that makes it last longer. We are now in a food crisis, and it is an unbelievable amount of fear just to go to the supermarket, and we want food we can trust. What does Appeal do to make the food trust and last longer? Yeah, you, you know, Jim, uh, you know, we, we've been in a food crisis uh, uh, food waste today is, is this invisible tax that's been imposed on our food system to the tune of $2.6 trillion annually. And by reducing that waste, we can free up all of that value back to everyone that participates in the food system, which is everyone that eats. And so you know, at Appeal, we've found a way to use food to preserve food so that less food ends up in the garbage and we can uh, create you know, better value for our customers and better value for the planet. Well, we see companies that are very forward companies, companies like Kroger that I talk to all the time. They obviously are uh, they're the gold standard when it comes to grocery store, supermarket. And they've taken a liking to you guys. Yeah, Kroger has been a, a tremendous partner for us. Um, you know, last time I was on the show, we talked about uh, the Kroger partnership. And you know, since then, we, we've now rolled out our product uh, in Europe as well with the largest grocers in, in Germany and Denmark, and, um, you know, we're, we're just getting started. Okay, so why did Oprah and Katy Perry invest in Appeal? They, they see the same future we do. Um, with, with all this waste and, and, you know, one in nine people going hungry, there's a massive opportunity to rebuild the food system on a foundation that's going to support more people and our planet. Now, uh, how about this new limes deal? I like this because I'm, in the summer, I'm a huge lime guy. I want the limes to last longer. I don't, uh, and like everything else, I feel like, well, I don't know. Is this new? Is it old? Uh, what can I do with it? Yeah. No, we're really excited. I mean, just last week, uh, we announced a partnership with uh, Wakefern and, and ShopRite stores up in the, the Northeast there. and uh, First product on, on shelves there um, with limes. But Again, this is just the beginning. Last time we spoke, we introduced the product for avocados, now limes, organic apples, uh, mandarins, oranges, um, you know, more grocers, uh, more produce categories and, and more shoppers. Now, uh, what happens to food that's that, what can we do with food that's wasted now in a time when there's giant food lines in this country? Tell us, tell if you if you were in charge of the food supply system, how would you change it? Yeah, you know, what we need is more time. You know, the food system today is stretched to its max. And in the time of COVID, we see that if anything on the supply side uh, is disrupted because of labor shortages or on the demand side changes because of you know, changing shopper frequency, the system snaps and it can't accommodate it. So at Appeal, we're focused on building the food system on a foundation that's going to be able to support more people and our planet. And the belief is that the orange has the perfect wrapper already. We don't need to go into a lab and create a, a new solution. We can look to the orange, draw inspiration from that, and use those same materials to help you know, teach those tricks to things like cucumbers and, and strawberries. Well, James, this is as you expand, uh, obviously your valuation goes up. You just did a big round. Um, how does that work? I mean, what you did you need the money? Are you going to take the money to grow internationally or is it just a stepping stone to uh, like a lot of the companies that are com- coming public now that people really like? Yeah, we, we need the money to, to keep up with the demand from our customers. Oh, that's fabulous. Right. Yeah. And do you have a, a factory where you do this stuff? Do you have plants that you uh, are you are you right on site with farmers? 
Yeah, we are. We, we have offices in, in California, Mexico, Peru, the Netherlands, Spain, opening up an office in, in South Africa, all to support uh, the supply base that, that feeds us every single day. Um, and I see I still see wax on my fruit. Uh, why do they do that? And is that it? Is that good for me? You know, monks figured out in the Middle Ages that you could put beeswax on an apple and it would last a little bit longer. But if you go into a, a store today and you get an organic apple, it's still got beeswax. And so uh, Peel comes in and says, you know what, let's use food to solve this problem in a way that dramatically reduces waste. You know, our, our, our partners realize 50% waste reduction in their stores and double-digit sales growth as a result. So in other words, you got it, uh, Kroger was, actually do a, was able to do a return on investment on appeal that actually can, over time, generate a significant earnings per share gain. That's, that's right. You know, again, th- this, this food waste issue is a $2.6 trillion issue globally. Well, Jim, but, Any- but, but let me ask you one last question. Why, why isn't Walmart a customer? They're the largest grocer. I mean, when I go to their stores, they can use you. This issue goes far beyond retail. The, the, the system that's supporting our food system today, um, there's a way to add benefit for everyone if we can give people more time. All right. That's what we want. And I think you're one of the good guys doing good things for the planet. I'm glad I talked to a disruptor who's disrupting bad and replacing it with good. That's James Rogers, CEO of Appeal. Thank you so much, sir. Mad Money will be back here for the break. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. I keep warning you away from speculative stocks that have gotten too high. But right now, there's one group in particular that's got me, let's just say, concerned. I'm talking about the development stage biotechs that are working on a COVID vaccine, especially Novavax and Inovio. I'm worried about them up here. I, I think they've gotten a little too rich for my blood, especially given the fact that every major pharmaceutical company is lined up to try to do something with this thing. Look, I believe that we'll eventually get a workable vaccine. I'm not sure if it will make a lot of money for anyone, though. It feels like every big pharma outfit on Earth is chasing a vaccine. That's a lot of competition. Could keep prices down. Most of these companies have other prospects, but some of them are way too dependent on COVID. And that could turn out to be a mugs game. So when I see that Novavax has more than doubled since we spoke to the CEO on May 12th and Inovio is up more than 75 percent since we checked in with them on April 23rd, well, you know what it does? It doesn't make me fearful. I'm not fear, fearing anything. It just makes you want to ring the register. When you zoom out, Nova, 
Novavax is up 1,951% for the year. Inovia is gained 550%. These are staggering moves, people. And I don't want uh, these immense profits that you may have made to turn into losses. These stocks have already started pulling back from their highs a couple days ago. Inovia was at 31. Now it's at 21. You know it's up nicely today. You don't want to stick around when a momentum stock loses its momentum. That's a classic rule. In the last few months, both companies have given you a string of good news. Preliminary clinical trial data, funding agreements, government support. All very encouraging. They both tell great stories. They're fantastic at that. Novavax will tell you that they've got a lot of experience developing vaccines against infectious diseases. And Novavax is all about the technology. But when you see these stocks rallying like this, then, then you've got to take a tougher line. Be more rigorous. The standards for cheap speculative bet are a couple of bucks, bucks lower than the standards for an expensive speculative bet ties up live capital. If you're going to pay up for something here, wouldn't you rather buy a, a company that's brought something major to the market? Neither Novia nor Novavax has gotten a vaccine approval. And Novavax is not a young company. It was funded in 1987, came public in 1995. And in all that time, they brought zero commercial vaccines to market. When we had CEO Stanley Urk on the show, he talked about how they'd had a lot of success with infectious diseases, specifically success in animal testing. Animals. The truth is, Novavax hasn't had a single vaccine approved in over 30 years. They'd never had a year where they made more than 36 million, 36.25 million in revenues. But there's one thing that they've been able to do consistently. Novavax knows how to get the public excited about their stock. Of course, every time it takes off, that rally proves to be ephemeral. Maybe this time it's going to be okay. We've seen this with their flu vaccine, their Ebola vaccine. Uh, There's been talk of an RSV vaccine that's been strung out for years after a failure in 2016 and another failure last year that brought the stock to its all-time low, single digits last November. Now, even before the pandemic, Novavax started bouncing back early this year because they are finally making some progress on their flu vaccine. It's in phase three. Maybe this is the year they get something big approved. The Eagles won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Anything can happen. But is it likely, let's just say Novavax has a suboptimal track record. While they have revenue, it's mostly from grants and development milestones. So if they're not the first ones across the COVID finish line, keep in mind, there's not a whole lot to fall back on. Fine at a dollar or two or three or four, but not up here. How about Inovio? Now, this is also not a uh, new company. It was founded in 1979, took its current form a dozen years ago, and it merged with VGX Pharma. It's been publicly traded since the 1990s. And look, just like Novavax, Inovio has never been able to bring a major commercial vaccine to market. They're essentially been a development stage company for 41 years. Their technology is intriguing. They use DNA to create targeted immunotherapies, but still relatively unproven. Here's a little story. Six years ago, Inovio got into a back and forth with Adam Feuerstein. He's a terrific biotech reporter whom I used to work with at TheStreet.com, who now works at a thing called STAT, which I regard as the best source for COVID info. Oh, man, he's a rigorous fella. He started asking questions about Inovio's HPV vaccine, and the company got pretty vicious in response. Two years later, though, the FDA put a clinical hold on the vaccine and stock crashed. Inovio is working on a flu vaccine. They've been working on it since 2009. Maybe they'll get it right. They've been working on cancer vaccines. There are a lot of potential irons in the fire, but they don't seem to be making as much progress as I'd like. Again, mainly a COVID play right now. And Inovio, it's a long shot. I'm not saying it's a no shot. I'm saying it's a long shot. Now, both of these companies like to highlight their high-profile partnership announcements and funding deals with nonprofits, government organizations. Nothing wrong with that. But you need to understand these institutions are all spreading their bets. More importantly, when you see these deals, the devil's in the details. Okay, in May, Novavax announced this incredible, just stop trading, amazing $385 million commitment from the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations. Woo! 
Sounds huge. But last week, we got more color when we got the company's 8K. The reality is a little more complicated. Novax only has access to roughly $145 million up front, which can be drawn as a forgivable loan to cover certain manufacturing expenses. It's not nothing. Though the fact that so much is earmarked for manufacturing means they're out of luck if the vaccine fails. Remember, I like lots of shots on goal. So when you think about this, when you see these partnership deals, the headline number is what they get if everything goes perfectly. And it's totally conditional. All this would bother me a lot less if both companies weren't out there taking advantage of these high prices by selling stock. When we spoke to the CEO of Novavax in May, he said they had enough money. A month later, the company does a $200 million private placement of convertible preferred stock. Or let me put it this way so it's easier in English. Uh, Novavax had 26.5 million shares outstanding at the beginning of the year. Now it has 58 million. That's called dilution. Novavax is less charged, but not great. They had 100 million shares. Now they have 158 million shares. Nothing wrong with raising money. But when you throw in the long history of boom and bust cycles, it makes me worry that they're just repeating the same old patterns. Maybe this time it will be different. I want them to. I like both the guys. But I don't think I'd put money on it, given how much these stocks have already run. Look, there's a, a reason Novio's stock has already started falling off a cliff last week. Last Thursday, the company lost a court battle with a longtime supplier called VGXI. Novio was looking to allow a tech transfer that would allow them to outsource the manufacturing of their COVID vaccine candidate. The judge said no, which means even if they succeed at creating a vaccine, they might not be able to ramp up production rapidly enough for it to matter. And that is often the big stomach buck. Then this Tuesday, Novio gave us an interim update on their COVID vaccine. And while they spun the data as positive, several of the analysts who cover the stock were far from impressed and got hit with a couple of downgrades. When these early stage drug developers run into bad news, their stocks collapse. The bottom line, I know this is hard to take, but I really do think that uh, at one point I liked the Novio and Novavax stocks much more, much lower levels, long shot specs, anticipating that people would get fired up about them. That was a good premonition that they would. But their stocks have run up dramatically as COVID vaccine plays. I think it's time to ring the register. These were always high risk, high reward plays. Up here, there's a lot more risk and a lot less reward. Not my favorite kind of situation. Let's go to Alan in Maine. Alan. Hi, Jim. Alan, what's up? Long time listener. Want to thank you very much for everything you do. You've educated millions of people and made them better able to save goals such as college payments. Ah, oh, you're so nice. So you are so nice. Thank you. My stock is Amgen, AMGN, close right around 58. Uh, Morningstar says it has a fair value at 219. Take quite a run. Time to take money off. The no, table. no, no. I, I, I think I screwed up on Amgen for action alerts. Uh, I got tired of waiting for certain big things to happen. And the moment that I got tired, so many big things happened. Stock hit at an all time high today, uh, but it's still not expensive at 60 times earnings. They got a really good jug from Celgene when Bristol Myers bought them as part of an antitrust issue. You hold on to your Amgen. It's a good company. Peter in Virginia. Peter. Jim, thanks for taking the call, man. Of course. First time caller from Charlottesville, Wahoo Wah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Jim, Royalty Pharmaceuticals, to me, has a fantastic business model of very low P.E., is going to be paying a dividend, and the stock has done squat since it came public. What's your three-year outlook on this? I don't want you – I do not in any way – 
want you to be discouraged. When Pablo Lagaretto puts his mind to it, and this is a great company, and Bill Ford from General Atlantic, a uh, big investor in this, it's really important. Royalty Pharma is a terrific company. If anything, I want to buy more right here. That's how inexpensive it is and how good they are. All right, Innovia and Novavax, they've run up dramatically. We anticipated it. We caught it. Bring the register. What's more man money hit? Could Accenture's recent earnings signal good things to come for the tech sector and for Accenture itself? Let me give you my take. Then some speculative stocks have caught the eyes of investors, but I'm hinting at smart ways to invest over the longer term. And all your calls rapid fire tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. Monday. Kick off the trading day with Squawk on the Street. Live from Post 9 at the NYSE. Well, you know what? This is like fish. I like to fish. Hey, so Steve Lee's likes to fish. I like to fish. I mean, you're in there, and the fish are not waiting for the... You know, you can't even put the bait on. You're like throwing the hook. You're like, ooh, let me take that. And it is incredible. None of us has ever seen this. It all starts at 9 a.m. Eastern. Earnings season rolls around in a couple of weeks. I want to circle back to something very important. It seems to be flying under the radar screen. Last week, we got results from a company called Accenture, the gigantic consulting, outsourcing, and technology firm that helps big businesses figure out their tech needs. In other words, Accenture gives us an incredible glimpse into what's happening in the enterprise-oriented technology space. And that's where the money is. It's huge, especially at a time like this where we don't really have a clear picture. You could argue that the ugly economy makes business less willing to spend on big ticket uh, tech items. Or you could argue that the pandemic has forced those businesses to spend fortunes enabling the stay at home economy. Last week, though, Accenture settled that question, I think, once and for all. They reported better than expected quarter with with broad-based revenue strength and solid cost controls. When you drill down, it's very clear that the stay-at-home thesis is winning. The cloud is crushing it right now. Okay, I'm a little late to the party here. One of my favorite analysts, Lisa Ellis of Moffitt Nathanson, she is fantastic, published a terrific piece just last Friday where she broke down the pin action from Accenture's quarter. I'm going to walk you through some of the highlights because I really want you to understand how big tech works. On the conference call, CEO Julie Sweet pointed out that Accenture now gets 70% of its business from digital, the cloud, and security. Those are the three themes I keep telling you about. Listen to this from CFO Kathleen McClure. Quote, approximately 50% of our revenues came from seven industries that were less impacted from the pandemic and in aggregate grew high single digits digits with double-digit growth in software and platforms, life sciences, and public service, end quote. Meanwhile, they're getting lots of businesses, business from the industries in the COVID blast radius. Travel, retail, energy, aerospace, defense, industrials. But collectively, they only make up about 20% of Accenture's sales. It's not going to sink the boat. Put it all together, and I tell you, it was very impressive. At a time when many people were terrified that Accenture's business wouldn't hold up, they delivered a quarter that was much better than people feared. Even though the economy's in rough shape, you have to think of Accenture as a partner for its clients rather than just a vendor that sells them stuff. The pivot to the stay-at-home economy has been gigantic for ACN. So what's that mean for tech as a whole? Okay, let's go back to the tape. Julie Sweet explains it. Quote, this crisis is unique in two ways. First, it has created the largest ever change in human behavior at scale and almost 
instantaneously requiring companies to fill new demand tech trends, change how they engage with customers, and adapt quickly to volatile market conditions, all of which require a strong digital foundation, end quote. Something I've stressed over and over again on Mad Money so that you can get in these stocks. She goes on, quote, the pandemic is happening during a period of exponential technology change, which was already driving entirely new ways of doing business, end quote. And that's why I keep telling you that we got five years worth of digitization packed into three months. Some people thought it was two years. I'm saying five. Everybody needs to to up their digital game if they want to make it through this difficult period. So the competitors sure are. So what specifically are Centrist customers buying? Uh, okay, what's Julie Sweet tell us? On the conference call, she repeatedly mentions IT, information technology, modernization as an area of high demand. She calls out cloud migration and cloud-based data naming. She, and, and she named Amazon Web Services, Microsoft's Azure, Google Cloud, Alibaba Cloud in China. You know I like Alibaba, only Chinese stock, and Oracle Cloud infrastructure. Taking a step back, all sorts of new companies are now caught up in a Hobbesian war of all against all. They desperately need to stay ahead of their competitors if they want to remain relevant in a world where everyone's stuck at home. And that means they need to spend, spend, spend to build out their digital capabilities to make your office at home as good as your office at the office. What used to be considered discretionary tech spending is now essential tech spending. No one can afford to skip the transition to the cloud. In this environment, your competitors will eat you alive. Thanks to the pandemic, the digital leaders are outperforming. And now all the laggers have a massive incentive to spend more so that they can play catch up. Everything is digital now. You need to invest in technology or you will lose, period, end of sentence. And if you want to invest in the right technology and you're not someone who knows technology, you go to Accenture. The bottom line, last week, Accenture put on a clinic that perfectly explained something I've been trying to drive home, why the cloud stocks and the cybersecurity place and the e-commerce enablers keep roaring here. They're not done. COVID-19 has created a world where the best digitized companies win in industry after industry and after industry. And that's triggered a massive wave of new investment in all of this. With or without COVID, Accenture is a winner. It is time to stop underestimating this fantastic company. I want you to stick with Kramer and stick with CNBC. Here's a look at what's on tonight. Tonight at 7 p.m., meet one of the Texas bar owners suing the state over having to shut down again. Plus, the website holding South Florida businesses accountable for violating health rules. And the masks that are most effective and least effective. See the amazing video. All tonight at 7 p.m. This is not on the get. It's a painful time to own stocks, but it won't always be. I'm opening up the phone lines, taking all your questions. I just want to thank you for keeping us sane through all the turbulent times and reminding us to never panic. Thanks for everything that you do. And sure thanks trying. for talking me down off the ledge more than once. I don't know when the average will bottom, but eventually there'll be bargains. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski dead. Time for the lightning round. Let's start with Tom in New York. Tom. Hello, Jim. How are you? Man, that's a Halloween Um, booyah in July. What's going on? 
Yes. Uh, with the recent volatility of Voom stock, what is your sh- short-term prediction for Voom? Well, Brim and Carvana are riding a sweet spot of being able to buy without having to go. And you know what? When I see it, used cars are on fire. Uh, I absolutely just love it. I think it's a good company. Uh, and I think that the auto industry, by the way, is coming back. Broom is good. Used cars, again, very, very hot. Let's go to uh, Melvin in Texas. Melvin. Is this the Jim Cramer? I think so. What's up? Oh, my goodness. Hey, when are we going to see you and, and Dave Trader Dave on the presidential ticket? That's uh, a good question. Don't know the answer to that. Okay, hey, my, real quick, my light, my lightning round is uh, ADM. What do you think, Kramer? Uh, this stock has been, I don't know, if you take a long-term chart and look at it, it's really done absolutely nothing. I'm going to have to say no. I don't like Archer Daniels Midland. I'd rather take them. Usually I say in an election year you want to buy it because the farmers are not even going to go there. Buy deer. Buy Agco. But don't buy that one. Let's go to Jeffrey in Florida, please. Jeffrey. Booyah, Kramer, long-time fan, first-time caller. Well, there you go. Welcome, welcome yeah. home. I'm a 27-year-old investor looking into Enteric, ticker symbol ATEX, a spectrum company focused on utilities. There were some new changes. You know, I, I'm interested in spectrum. Remember we out there we had Crown Castle and he talked about spectrum companies and Dish. Let's put these together, okay? I need to do more work on this. One of the things you never want to do is talk about a spectrum company and not have a handle on it. Let me come back. Rodney in Tennessee. Rodney. Big howdy from East Tennessee, Jim. I need to ask you about Green Dot Corporation up 116% year to date. Look, if it's, a, if it's a financial technology digitized bank, it's going to go up, of which Green Dot is one of them. Now, even after this, I still prefer PayPal and I prefer Square. Ted in Ohio, Ted. Jim, great show. You have a great staff. Oh, the best. The best. I want to shout out to my oldest son, Keegan, my investment advisor. Who did not recommend this stock? We heat our water and our homes with natural gas. Should I buy, sell, or hold WPX Energy? That's Rick Moncrief. We actually took a helicopter with Rick Moncrief when we were up at the Bakken. He's a sensational guy. However, I am not recommending any oil stocks. None. Zip. No. Parsley is one that if you put a gun to my head, I'd say take that gun away from my head and you can go by parsley. Let's go to Jude in Kentucky. Jude. Hello, Jim. I recently bought a position with Angie Stock, and I'm just wondering should I do I think like, you're a smart uh, man. We did a huge amount of work on Angie. We said it was an absolutely great stock. No one cared. Finally, people are starting to get when it gets stuck, uh, unstuck from the mud is what I call it. People realize this is a terrific situation. I want you to stay along. Bill in New York. Bill. Booyah from Hell's Kitchen, 52 and 10th. Hey, oh, my old stomping grounds. What's up? Quick shout out. Happy 20th anniversary to my buddy Jeff and Leah in Minnesota. That's so great they stayed together that long. They had the edge on me. What else? Hey, thanks. Thanks for all your guidance through the years. You always talk about best in breed. I right. did a great piece with the CEO of Crown Castle last yes. night. Is Crown Castle best in breed, or is it American Tower? Well, American Tower, Tower, James Tacklett, when he was running, Tacklett was really unbelievable. He's now at Lockheed. I thought Crown Castle made a very compelling story about the power of its domestic universe. I'm saying maybe you swap. Maybe you swap out of AMT and go into Crown Castle. What can I say? I need to speak to Joey in Indiana. Joey. Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Big Indy 500 booyah for you. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Fun. What's up? 
I want to get your thoughts on Starwood Property Trust. Okay, earlier this week, Barry Sternlich was on. I asked Becky Quick to ask him a question about his dividend and whether it was safe. And he, he equivocated. And I really think Barry's really smart, but he equivocated. And uh, that's why it looks like it yields 13. But it, I found it to be uh, a suboptimal situation. Let's go to Nick in California. Nick. Jimmy Chiller, what's going on, man? I'm king of the chill, my friend. What's going on? Right on, right on. Hey, I just want to know your thoughts on Starbucks. Everybody hates Starbucks now. Wait till they see what Kevin Johnson's got in mind. You're going to see a Starbucks in every single corner. People are going to want that. And the drive-thrus are good. And, ladies and gentlemen, that's the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. This is a speculator's market. No kidding. The cruise lines, they've made people a boatload of money, even though they can't cruise. And they've had to take on a mountain of debt. If we don't get a vaccine in the next 12 months, I think those stocks are sunk. The airline stocks, well, they gave you some huge gains, even though they're bleeding from the eyeballs and had to be bailed out by the government. Anything connected to electric vehicles is on fire, figuratively, not literally. The COVID vaccine plays have practically gone into orbit. Some of these are legitimate. Others feel downright dangerous, like I mentioned earlier. So for those of you who've made a killing speculating in these things, I got something for you to do. I'm going to urge you on, on Monday to do something a little different. I want you to ring the register on some. I'm not trying to deny what you do on some of your amazing gains and swap and do some high quality investments, not trades, investments, the kinds of companies that can give you a portfolio, some much needed stability. Instead of banking on an American air, which needs billions, how about trying to make billions? For the uninitiated, you should take your first 10 grand. 10 grand of that profit that you've been so proud of with the speculations. I want you to put it into a cheap index fund, mirrors the S&P 500. That's going to be the bedrock of your savings, okay? I'm not one of those guys who says, hey, I don't believe in index funds. I just said it, index funds. Now, after that, the rest goes to fractional shares, a gift from the electronic brokers that not enough people are taking advantage of. Let's say you want to buy one of the hottest stocks in this market. Pick one. Amazon, Tesla, Shopify. You know I love all three. One share of Amazon costs nearly $2,900, which means most people can't afford to buy a meaningful position. Tesla's trading at more than $1,200. Shopify's at $1,030. Same problem. Professional money managers can scoop up as many shares as they need. They'll never be deterred by a high dollar amount stock price as they often manage billions of dollars. Regular people, though, come on, for 100 shares of Amazon, you can buy yourself a house. But these days, you can buy fractional shares, which makes you feel like you have some skin in the game, even if economists would tell you there's really no difference. Why don't any of these companies just split their darn stocks? I know you asked me that a lot. Why aren't they splitting? They used to split them all the time. And that's right. It's true. But something changed. Big institutional investors, yes, their shareholders, they don't want them to. When professionals trade, they pay co- uh, commissions per share. So if Amazon does a 10 for 1 split, which we all want, right, do a 10 for 1 split, they pay 10 times as much on each transaction. And none of these companies wants to alienate the big institutions that own their stocks. Fortunately, thanks to fractional trading, it's not your problem anymore. You want to join the $1,000 and up club? Well, that's how you do it. Don't buy all at once. Fractional trading means you can leg into something like an Amazon or a Tesla more gradually. Or maybe every single week you put in a small position here, wait for the next pullback there. 
I know it's less exciting than playing penny stocks, but it tends to be a much better strategy over the long haul. Don't believe me? I'm going to give you a quick story. Way back in the mid-'80s when I was working at Goldman Sachs, the research department head was uh, Lee Cooperman. You might have seen him on Scott's show a lot. He's a legendary billionaire hedge fund manager. Lee was a great teacher. He is a great teacher. He had me read Berkshire Hathaway's annual shareholder letter, and then he said we could talk about it. Because Lee's the master, I read everything I could about that company, including many years' worth of annual letters. Oh, we had a nice talk, and he told me to pitch it to my clients. I knew it. I was excited about it. So I tried to convince them all to buy Berkshire. No, they wouldn't touch it. They refused to listen. Why? (laughs) Pretty simple. Because it was a $200 stock. Way too big a dollar amount back then for anybody to buy. $200 stock. Well, now it's a $267,551 stock. I could have made my clients fortunes if they hadn't cared so much about the dollar amount. Please don't repeat their mistake. You can create your own fractional shares to own right next to your favorite penny stocks or, I don't know, jet propulsion stocks that are software as a service that also work in electronic vehicles that are fantastic in the cloud. So please, I'm begging you, ring the register on some of these super speculative names, many of which have prospects that smack more of fiction than fact, and swap into fractional shares, yes, of an Amazon or a Tesla or a Shopify. Over the long term, these are all much better bets. I'm not even telling you to give up on these super speculative plays. I just want you to bank some of those gains and put them in a safer, better place. Please stick with me. Notice something different? You probably do. This is a mask. Why don't you go on Twitter at Jim Kramer and tell me why you hate masks? Because I got to tell you, it may be the only real weapon we have other than than distance between people. It's really weird. Um, And once we solve it, once we have people wear masks, you know what's going to happen? It's going to go away and we're going to go back to our lives. It's hard to beat this thing. But we can wear these as a bridge to a vaccine. Consider them just a bridge and tell me what you hate about them. And we're going to fix it. OK, although this one, I think, is sensational. Like I said, there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer, and I will see you next time. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.